Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. This week I met with um, uh, a pastor who's planting a church just in the whare next to this auditorium, a young Korean, a Singaporean guy. His name's Ian. And uh, somehow he, he found out uh, where I hang out, and he made contact, and he just wanted to sit down and have a coffee and um, share. And so here's this young guy who's just finished university, who's studying, who studied psychology, and at the end of his course, God spoke to him and said, you're going to New Zealand. Uh, and so he's come because he's got a conviction that he needs to do all he can to make sure that every single person gets to hear about Jesus. A very young guy. And he's come with a team of three people. Amazing, right? When was the last time God spoke to you about going and doing something adventurous like that? Because you're, you're a minister. God has called you to be a minister. Yeah, there's credentials and all those things like nets that just keep us accountable, but you are a minister, and God uses you. Today's ascending of the, of the Buicks, and, you know, it's just another way of, of sending people. But every week on Sundays, we send you into your week, armed, dangerous, equipped, ready to face your world. And I pray that you see it as that, that your workplace is a mission field, that your neighborhood is a mission field. We've been, we've been just talking around the series of the one another's. And it's, it's important in Scripture that just to note that, that Jesus mentions it a lot. And there's a lot of references about it because there is power in us doing things together. Not just doing things together, but looking out for each other. We, we have a saying at Equippers that significant ministry flows out of significant relationships. This thing that's just happened is because of significant relationships. Where you are today is because of significant relationships. The promotions that you get at work are because of significant relationships. And you, how many know that significant relations, relationships are tough? They don't just, it's not just you're on social media, and that's not a relationship. It may be Facebook official, but it's not a relationship. Right, So sometimes I think when we come together, we bring all of these into the house and we, and we kind of have this, oh, just because we're in the same room, that means we've got relationship. How many know that's not totally true? Because relationships actually is a two-way street. Our relationship with God is a two-way street. Our relationship with each other is a two-way street. So significant relationships actually flows out of significant, actually, significant ministry. Here's the thing. Have you ever encountered this? In the middle of the night, you need to go to the Faripaku, you need to go to the loo, and it's completely dark. During the day, you can navigate through your bedroom like... I got this. You know where everything is. But there's a difference that happens 
when it's dark, when it's totally dark in your room. I don't know if you're a bit like me, but sometimes I've, like, it's a late night and I've still got my shoes on and I get out to my bedside really quietly. My wife's asleep and I take my shoes off and I don't put it in its proper place. I go to sleep. At some point of the evening, I feel like nature calling, so I need to go. And I'm like, well, during the day, there was nothing on the floor, but I totally forgot that I'd taken my shoes off, slip out of bed, Nick Minute. Who put that there? Cell phone. Oh, it's my shoes. Relationships are somewhat, somewhat like that. Is that when everything's going sweet, we, you know, if, if, you could see where, where, where the relationship's heading. It's all good. But what happens when we hit something hard? When, when our lives get into this tough space and it's somewhat dark and we trip over things that in the light weren't there. What I want to talk about this morning is honor. Honor is one of the main values of our house, is honor. How do we honor one another without honoring the, by honoring one another, we honor the gift of God in a person without tripping over who they're not? How do we honor someone without tripping over who they're not. I want to tell you today, I'm not perfect. Do I have an amen? My, my family's probably like, amen to that. But let me say this, you're not either. Woo! Slam! <laughs> you're not perfect. Have you, have you, have you kind of, come to that realization? Like, tell yourself that. Dude, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. You are not perfect. You are not perfect. You are not perfect. And so when we come together, sometimes we have this perfection picture that we present to the world. And all it takes is for a season of darkness for us to trip over some stuff that has not been dealt with. Do I get agreement in the room? Do we understand what I'm saying? It's like when everything's sweet, man, honor flows out so easily. Oh, we just love you, you know. We love what you do. We love what you're saying. We love what you represent. But turn the lights off and see what happens. Sometimes it brings out the worst in us. And um, I was sharing with someone this week, like as a young, as a teenager, my mouth would run rampant. Like I'm telling you, like because I was hurt and I was in pain. And so it meant that what, how, like you try and get up in my grill, this will go off. And it's, Something that is just, I'm not proud of at all. And so what God has done for me 
is something significant in the sense that I get to now guard this. So, so I'm sure within your life, there are times when you like, I want to have the ability to speak freely. What is freely? What, is, what does freedom actually mean? Does it mean that we can say whatever we want to without any cost? Or does it mean that I get to kind of put a guard over my mouth so that it means that it doesn't affect the person that it's been spoken to? Like I said, I'm not perfect. There are times when I've spoken out of line. And here's what God has taught me is that when the minute it leaves this gate and you know you can't eat your words back, there's, there's a sense of conviction right there and then where God says, that's not right. And so what needs to happen then is humility to say that was wrong. I'm sorry. And that will never happen again. Because so often we don't have the skills of when we check out something out of our mouths. And we don't have the skills to retract. We don't have the skills to soften the blow or to repent. Here's an interesting thought. Pastor Mark Verakis shared this at team conference a couple of weeks ago up in Auckland. And he shared about uh, repentance. Often, if we're religious about repentance, we think it's about an opportunity for us to say, just sorry, I've done something wrong. How many of you, that's, that's, that's an experience that we had? Like, oh, we got to repent. It's almost like repentance are for those who've sinned. Hello? So here's, here's, a, here's a view of, of the word repentance. Repentance is, so re in repentance is turning around. And pent in repentance is the root, that, the word that comes from the word penthouse. You following? So repent is to go back to a penthouse view of the situation. He tells this story of him. The, the house, the flat that they live in in Singapore is on the 33, 34A. And he says, at that level, this is in Singapore, mosquitoes and flies survive on the ground floor. Maybe they can come up to the fifth floor, but at the 34th floor, these insects cannot survive at that level. So to repent means don't repent. You can repent after you've done something wrong. But why don't we repent before we do something wrong? Why don't we choose, I'm going to turn from my ways, and I'm going to see things from God's perspective. So now it avoids me from doing the wrong thing. What I've been doing lately is just getting out of bed and repenting right there. See, God, before I head out these doors, I repent now with my attitude, my words, and and, and how I feel. I repent now. So I I retract now, and I'm going to go up to the 34th floor, and I'm going to live from that heavenly perspective. What if each one of us, for the rest of our lives now, chose to live from that perspective? From a penthouse perspective, how many know that if you continue to live on the ground level, 
there's going to be so many bugs to bug us. There's going to be so many things that will just catch us that would not catch you if you were up on that level. So significant ministry flows from significant relationships. I've got a scripture here. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. Isn't it interesting when we look on TV, we watch movies, advertising, it all points to, nah, you, 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 you're the man, you're the man. Look after you, look after you, look after you. And here, it talks about valuing, valuing others above yourself. What would our city look like if Christians, to start with, actually valued others above ourselves? Often in, when we do baby dedications, we'd read from Psalm 139. And it's beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. It goes on to say in verse 23 and 24, in the message, it says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I am about. See for yourself whether I, am, I have done anything wrong, then guide me onto the road to eternal life. If we really ask God to, in, to, to search our hearts and know our ways, see if there's any offensive ways in me and lead me in your path everlasting, that's a big ask. When we get to ask those questions, I know that when Sometimes when, when Shelly and I would have a date night, she always freaks out because I usually go into deep conversation and I get this deep look in my face and I would start like this. I was like, honey, is there anything in me that has really bugged you this week? You've got permission to point it out. How many know that's dangerous? It's so dangerous. Um, This is because I've had to train myself to understand that my actions actually affect other people around me. My dysfunction will cause someone else to stumble. And if I'm not aware of it, then I'm stumbling along in the dark. I could talk about honor and focus on honor, but I think let's focus because we know how to do that well. I want us to focus on the things that trip us up. That, that, that we miss honor because we trip on something that was not meant to be there in the first place. So how about asking the question, is there anything in me? First asking of God. God, is there anything in me? Investigate. Check me out. See if there's anything that is unlike you that needs to be removed. Is it my words? Is it my thoughts? Is it my actions? Is it my attitudes? Is it my lack? What is it? Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me towards eternal life. More and more, we need to take responsibilities. As a maturing body of Christ, we need to take responsibility of how we feel. 
Because how many know, like Nick was talking about this morning, is that when Charlotte is learning the word no, sometimes that's all we are saying. No, 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 no. Lift up your hands. No. Open up your mouth. No. Let's give generously. No. Turn up to prayer meeting. No. We've, we've kind of learned this because it has come from a place of insecurity. When we react, it's because we don't understand. The level of reaction actually reveals how much we don't know. Because I would, I, I speak to a lot of people, and very quickly you can pick up where the insecurities are. But you don't just point it out. You've got to get permission to be able to walk with before you get to point it out. Sometimes we are so quick to just point it out. Well, I'm telling you what's wrong with you. If we had to see people for how God has created them and, God, and how God has made them, this world would be a better place. We're not going to trip over our shortfalls. We're going to walk together and we're going to make our weakness our strength. For what has been the thing that would trip you up at night, we're going to shine light on it and go, that's wrong thinking. That's wrong behavior. That's not who you are. That's not who God called you to be. I think that one of the major challenges is when you're a parent. Parents, man, our job's huge because you're in it for the long haul. You know, I think sometimes, you know, just with my boys, I've just got to go, oh my gosh, I'm actually on a mission field here. I'm actually, I've got to show them what, what Christ-like love is. I've got to show them what servanthood is. I've got to now show them what generosity is. I've got to show them what praise is. I've got to show them what worship is. I've got to show them what a peaceful person you can be. How many of you know that's challenging? Because they pick you up on it. They pick you up on it. People often come and say, oh man, you're just so amazing. And I've learned to say this. If you really want to know how amazing I am, Ask my wife, ask my kids. Because, just because, <laughs> just because. And we have to open our lives up that way in order that we, we ourselves are accountable. Because we can come to church and it's all good and everything's cool. Like just, just feed me, do what I need right now and then I can go home and deal with my life. But what would happen if we were to just open up a little bit, firstly to God, and then to others? Okay, very quickly. Here's what I want to, I've shared a little bit of this at, at, at our family camp. And I just wanted you to understand this is where we're heading. Uh, we're going from uh, a place of, um, from strength to strength. Okay, so we're going from strength to strength. And this is just for you to understand this is where we're heading as a direction. All right, so we're just talking about bringing ourselves to spiritual maturity. 
And we understand that maturity actually is understanding that there is a cost to everything. Maturity is understanding that when you live in a house, there's things that you've got to do to ensure the house functions. Uh, if we didn't do it, then it wouldn't happen, and then you get kicked out or something. Uh, if you didn't abide by uh, the road rules, or if you didn't pay your taxes or whatever, something happens, apparently. Um, okay, so, so here's the thing. What am I responsible for? I'm responsible for my attitude. You are responsible for your attitude. A reaction to an error creates a bigger error. And so your attitude actually determines the climate of your life. Um, if you're hanging out on the ground floor, you're hanging out with the flies and the bugs. So a clear way to know that you are hanging out on the ground floor is when things start to bug you. How much of the bugs are we talking? Time to rise up. Go up to the 34th floor. And sometimes because of it's a journey, you might get up to the first floor and then the second floor and then the third floor. And that's okay as long as you're rising. Because the more you get up to that level, the lesser the bites of the bugs are going to affect you. Number two, you're responsible for the condition of your heart. Fear decays your heart. So if there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of decay. And the Holy Spirit helps you deal with that stuff. Flies are attracted to dead things. Ever wondered why people just love to come and gossip around you? Flies are attracted to dead things. Third one, I am responsible for the seeds that I sow. So because you're responsible, we sow intentionally. Number four, I'm responsible for, the, for my connections. I'm responsible for my connection with God, and I'm responsible for my connection with you. Joy is contagious. Just as flies are attracted to dead things, Alive things are attracted to th something that's alive. And so if no one's kind of attracted to you, just check. Hey, what's happening? How, what's my joy gauge? Where's my joy gauge? Just check it, check it, check it, check it. Come on, I'm, I'm just preaching to the choir. Um, number six, I'm responsible for my words. Remember, every idle word will be judged. Gossip and slander has no place in this house. You have my permission. If you hear it, slam it. Because people who gossip and people who slander are sowing discord. And that's not a fruit of this house. Number seven, I'm responsible for my time. You have no... <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be... Um, you have no right to complain about what you've given permission to. This is young to old. If you stay up late, you're not going to be functioning at work the next day. If you continue to sow your money into stuff that's not worth it and not sowing into the house or sowing into the kingdom, you get it? We all have time to do the will of God. 24 hours. We all have time to do the will of God. Don't be so rigid that you cannot move. Be fixable so that you can move with God. 
Number eight, I'm responsible for what I do. From a very young age, we teach our boys, hey, you will, be, you will make mistakes. You will do bad things. When you do, understand that you've chosen to do it and understand you've said yes to the, to the consequences of it. You, you've said yes by doing it. So when we do bad things, just take the rap. Do what's needed to make it right. Sometimes it means fronting up and looking like a fool. But it's good for you. It's good for you to actually go through punishment in order to, so that we don't repeat it, right? It's actually good for me to feel like all eyes are on me because I've made a mistake because it makes me stronger. Not that I'm pushed away, but it makes me stronger. I'm responsible for the opportunities that are created for me. I'm going to steward them well. The opportunity that we have to grow this house, no more empty seats. We have to take that with great responsibility. The friends that we have, that we get to speak into, what are they getting from you? What are you speaking into their lives? Are you just like them? Are you just going to blend in, camouflage? Or yes, you're going to stand out and be a light. Number 10, I'm responsible for my own nutrition. Spiritual and physical. Junk in, junk out. What we eat, what we consume will show. And the spirit, what you take in will show. Trust me. You just got to open that. There it is. So we're responsible for our nutrition. Likewise, if we're not working it, if we're just coming in on Sunday and we're feeding on this, we're going to walk out and we're going to be spiritually obese and we cannot be effective. If this is a war, then we need to fight. How do you train? Church can only do so much for you. We say, go to e-groups, come to Sunday, lift up your hands, let the Word speak to you. But if you're not doing it yourself, you're not honoring the gift of God inside of you. So I encourage you, church, come on, let's nutrition up. Let's not feed on, on junk food. Let's feed on the real food. So many of us spend our week just listening to stuff that other people have said. We're podcast junkies. Now, don't get me wrong. That's revelation, but that's not the food that will feed you. Podcasts are amazing, amazing ministries all around the world, but it was never meant to sustain you. So what I wanna say is get into the Word yourself. Dig, hunt, gather, because it'll show when we open our mouths. I'm gonna take responsibility for my nutrition. See, with discipline comes freedom. That is what I want us to be. I want us to be so disciplined that we have freedom. That when we would walk about each other, when we would kind of joke with each other, we joke knowing, oh my gosh, the gift of God, the gift of God in the person. I'm never gonna be familiar with it to trip over what they're not. Let's not be over familiar with each other. 
let's in our interactions just honor the gift of God by starting to acknowledge the person and how we greet one another. That's how we honor the gift of God in a person. I love to embrace. I'm sorry, if you're not a hugger, I'll come hug you. But it's just, because I think I've learned that it's, it's a, the embrace brings us close because there's an honor in the person. I find the handshake quite sterile. And it's quite, can you imagine? It's, there's a divide. It's what I love about the Modi culture, that the hongi, you're breathing the air and you're sharing the space. So embracing, let me see, let there be freedom in doing that. Can we discipline ourselves? Like none of this PC rubbish. We're the house of God. We need to show how we need to greet each other. And so in this house, that is how we're gonna greet each other. Let's embrace each other and just honor the gift of God. God, I thank you. I don't know what's going on in this person's world, but right now in Jesus' name, I just honor the gift of God inside of them. Stranger, friend, family, whatever, you're a child of God. God has created you. And so we honor the gift of God. Why don't you stand this morning? You see, independence actually separates us. Independent doesn't consider others. Your decisions, let me say, are never just about you. When you decide to do something that's wrong, it's not just you. It's other people on the trail of your decision. Independence actually produces small thinking. When you isolate, when you isolate yourself, that's actually saying small thinking. If it doesn't benefit me, then it doesn't matter. If we were to just turn, turn this whole thing around and say, it doesn't matter if it's not about me. It doesn't matter. Let's decide this morning. Let's decide as we send Nick and Phoebe. Let's decide as we meet our kids' parents. Let's decide at lunch, after the service, let's decide it's never about me. How can we serve one another and call the greatness of God out of each other? How can we honor one another? And this week at eGroups, we're gonna unpack it further. But just remember, I am responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for my nutrition. I'm responsible for what comes out of my mouth. And so now just for the remaining minutes now, just can we just lift up our hands? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 